there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Just want to thank you for continuing to listen into the podcast. Um, the podcast continues to be aired and listened to in many, many, many countries around the world. And uh, it has been a fun, exciting time as we approach the 200th episode. That's coming up really soon and um, just a mile marker. And I do want to thank you listening in and supporting the podcast um, through these years, also approaching three years. We began uh, in 2020, at the beginning part of winter of 2020. And uh, yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting there again. So just want to thank all of you that have been in support of the podcast um, for these almost three years now and listening into the episodes. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to have with us Wayne Rice. Wayne is a specialist in being a grandparent. And so I was inter- having a conversation interviewing Dick Foth um, several weeks back. And in that process of that conversation, he said, you know, I think it'd be fascinating to have a discussion with somebody who specializes, who's an expert in grandparenting. And so I began to do some research and and to find out who is a specialist in grandparenting. And Wayne Rice, his name came up multiple times, and he agreed to be on the podcast. And what a phenomenal, insightful discussion we have on being a grandparent. Long-distance grandparenting is the title of his book. And that's his focus. That's his ministry focus now. You know, he was a country music star back in the 1970s, and then he transitioned into ministry and involved in certain areas of ministry ministry, youth ministry, other types of family ministry, and now specifically focusing on grandparenting, and that's his heart and passion. As we recorded the episode, he had just come off from a, an event um, that was specifically focused on encouraging grandparents not to take a passive role, but to take an active role. We have some engaging discussions on what can happen maybe when you're instilling the faith or sharing your faith, and maybe your, your children as the grandparent, your children are not so excited about you sharing your faith with their children. Maybe that your children have walked away from the faith, and they're not excited about you sharing your faith, uh, the grandparents' faith, with the grandchildren. And just some insightful, I think, very practical conversations, and really, really ap- appreciated Wayne um, just hanging out with us and being on the podcast. Do want to let you know, coming up in 2023, we will continue with some exciting episodes. Um, John Gordon will be on with us. We'll discuss the garden. He is a leadership expert, very insightful, New York Times bestselling author, a multiplicity of other things, but just have a phenomenal time sitting down with him. Tony Newhoff, we talk about marriage in her book, Before You Split, insightful conversation, just some, some practical things. She comes from being a divorce attorney and things she's seen in life and relationships and for ministry. Uh, many of you probably know of her husband, Carrie Newhoff, who leads the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. And so she shares candidly in their book about some of the struggles and challenges they went through. It's sightful interview. We meet up again with Carlos Whitaker. He has a new book coming out about being human and what that means like in a world that seems to be full of chaos and just insightful conversation with him. Really appreciate him. And then Ken Mackins, we sit down and talk about sabbaticals. That seems to be a hot topic um, these days is sabbaticals. And he's a leadership expert. And, and one thing that he likes to talk about and share and encourage is this idea of sabbatical, what it looks like. Is it a, a vacation? Is it guided? What it, And we just have a, a great discussion with Ken and yeah, looking forward to 2023 and the interviews that are, that are coming up as we finish this year strong and move towards 2023. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. 
Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to have a new friend of the podcast with us, Wayne Rice. Wayne, welcome to the podcast. Well, it's good to be here, Aaron. Thanks for uh, inviting me to be part of what you're doing. This is great. It's awesome. And uh, as I said in our prayer leading up to this, uh, a good connection from Nairobi, Kenya to the West Coast of the United States. So I'm thankful for that. Wayne, will you go ahead and just uh, maybe take a few minutes to just share a little bit about yourself before we jump into some of the questions? Yeah, I, uh, I've i been in ministry my whole life, and and my whole life now is, is uh, 76 years. So uh, wow. that's how old I am. But I started uh, in youth ministry back in the 60s, and I was uh, in Youth youth for Christ, started uh, working with, with teenagers. I was studying to be an architect in college, but uh, I really felt the call of God on my life to stick with youth ministry. So I tried changing my major a few times. And back in those days, nobody knew what you changed your major to, you know, because it really <laughs> wasn't anything – you know, nobody had any kind of uh, academic uh, program for people who wanted to go into youth work. So, so uh, I stumbled around with various majors and finally uh, graduated. But eventually, I, I ended up not only working for Youth for Christ, but also in church youth ministry. Uh, <clears throat> then a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Iaconelli, and I started an organization called Youth Specialties, which which uh, was designed to to help fill that void of, of providing resources and uh, training for people doing youth work. And so uh, that eventually became pretty much a full-time job. And we published a number of magazines, lots of books on youth ministry, and put on a National Youth Workers Convention and, and drew, you know, basically uh, tried to, provide for youth workers kind of a central gathering place where they could share ideas and so forth. And I did that for about 30 years or so, and then started working more with parents because as we uh, learned over the years in youth ministry, parents are the key to the whole thing. You know, that oh, if you're not work, if you're not working with parents, you're not doing very good youth work. And so, so we began training youth workers on how to do more of a family based approach to youth ministry and um, and I did that for a number of years, and uh, I won't bore you with all the details. But uh, now I'm I'm involved with a, a ministry to to grandparents, an organization called the Legacy Coalition. Um, I helped it, the organization's founder, Larry Fowler, uh, kind of get the thing off the ground a few years ago, and I direct their national conferences and program those we've done several now over the years but it's interesting that i started out working with junior high kids now i'm working with grandparents <laughs> and as it turns as it turns out they're the same people so yeah very cool very, <laughs> so it's very kind cool. of fun yeah. i also had a, a, sh- a brief uh musical um uh career i i formed a band back in the 70s with with uh, my brothers a country music kind of a bluegrass country group and uh, we had some success back in the back in the 70s recording with Capitol records and traveling around with johnny cash and and uh, merle haggard and and a number of country music stars and we so that's that's been kind of a fun part of my my yeah. career as well that's yeah. pretty that's pretty unique for sure <laughs> what was the band called 
Rush Arbor is the name of the group. Wow. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. I bet you so, got stories to tell from those days. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And if we had time, I'd, I'd tell them. But uh, it was, it was, a, it was, we were a flash in the pan. We're the yeah. answer to a, a trivia question, you know, uh, which has to do with, uh, we won the vocal group of the year award at the country music awards back wow. in 73. But, but nobody knows that because like I say, we were kind of one hit wonders and, and wow. we were one and done, but, but that's, so what that's was the name it. of the, what was the name of the hit? <laughs> well, we actually, uh, we did a song called brush Arbor meeting, which, uh, okay. which, uh, made the top 10 on the billboard charts. And, yeah. uh, and then we we also did a cover of John Fogarty's uh, Proud Mary, which was kind of a bluegrass up version of it, which which also got a lot of airplay. Wow. And uh, so it yeah. did all right. You're, yeah. You know, I've interviewed uh, <laughs> Navy admirals, attorney generals, Supreme Court justices, authors, pastors, but you're the first uh, country music celebrity that I've had the opportunity to interview. So uh, very, very exciting. So can you share, you talked a little bit, what's the genesis story of this transition to equipping grandparents? And, um, you know, as I look through the, your ministry, read the book, um, Long Distance Grandparenting, Grandparenting, there's such a biblical foundation for it. Would you just share a little bit about what your passion for this and then the, the biblical foundation for it? Yeah, of course, as, as you might guess, I am a grandparent. I have five grandkids and, um, and having been in youth work all my life, I've tried to apply some of my youth ministry skills, you know, to at first you try that on your own kids and it doesn't work that well, <laughs> but uh, they, they still need a, a, a youth pastor besides mom or dad. But, um, but with the grandkids, you know, I found myself, uh, uh, sometimes trying to use some of my best youth ministry expertise, you know, on the, on the grandkids. And so, um, just thinking about grandparenting as, as a verb rather than just a noun, you know, a grandparent is not only something you are, but it is something that you do. And it's, and, uh, there's, there's, uh, uh, activity involved there's there's intentionality involved and um as our grandkids started to grow up um i wanted to explore that a little bit more so i was at the time uh serving as a family pastor actually my job description was pastor to generations at uh, our local church here in, in san diego which is where i live and um and so i i tried doing a class for grandparents just to share ideas and talk about grandparenting. And, um, and I discovered that there really weren't very many resources out there, you know, so I, I ended up writing my own curriculum and, um, uh, and in the process of doing research, I ran across Larry Fowler who was working with Awana, Awana clubs, um, here in the, in the U S and and uh, he had written some articles on grandparenting, and uh, and so I got in touch with him. He, as it turned out, he lived here in Southern California, and we got together, and he started talking about this vision he had for starting a ministry to grandparents. And so I said, well, you know, it sounds a lot like when we started youth specialties. There really wasn't anything out there. 
Yeah. And there were very few resources on youth ministry. And so we started it pretty much from scratch. And of course, now there's there are tons of resources for youth workers. But uh, in 2016, we uh, uh, formally formed a, an organization, a ministry of a nonprofit called Legacy Coalition to bring together people who were interested in, in uh, helping grandparents. And so one of the first things that we did was we decided to do a national conference on grandparenting. And uh, that became my job, really, with the Legacy Coalition, was putting that whole thing together. And I had done that kind of thing before, uh, producing big events. And so um, we've done that now for five years, the uh, Legacy Grandparenting Summit Conference, which uh, has featured speakers such as Chuck Swindoll and and uh, Tony Evans and Alistair Begg and yeah. And uh, this year uh, we had uh, Ann Graham Lotz and Gordon wow. McDonald. And and wow. what I've done is gone after a lot of my heroes over the years. Well, good for you. Brought them in to, to help us. Yeah. And so it's been a lot of fun. And, um, and but we just did our, our, our fifth conference just a couple of weeks ago in uh, Florida. Yeah. And it was, it was simulcast to about a hundred other churches around the country. So grandparents could access it that way. But our goal is to help grandparents become more intentional as grandparents rather than just as as I I did myself for a long time. I just saw grandparent as something that I was and I really didn't think about it that much in terms of something that I should be doing. That's that good. I should be be actually being more intentional about getting involved in the lives of our of our grandkids. You asked about it about a scriptural basis for it, uh, and this was eye opening to me. And Larry was the one that pointed it out to me. Was uh, Deuteronomy four uh, six, which uh, is one of those scriptures that says, um, you know, you are to uh, uh, embrace yourself uh, the commands that I have given unto you and then you are to teach them to your children and your children's children and the key word there is the word and you know it's Hmm. because I kind of thought well you know when my kids are grown I'm done you know you now it's their job to teach their children but the scripture says no 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 as grandparents, your job is to teach your children and your children's children. You're not exactly. done when yeah. you're when you're when your kids leave home. Yeah. That there's um, we have a, a responsibility to come alongside our children. Now they are parents, and that we're here to assist them, encourage them, and um, and be involved in the spiritual. Uh, uh, formation of our of our grandchildren and so um, that's really what the uh, legacy coalition is all about we've been creating a lot of resources you mentioned my book long distance grandparenting that's just one of a whole series of books that we've come out with over the last five or six years to help grandparents we're trying to fill that that gap and it's and it's no surprise that as publishers take notice that they're starting to be uh, many other resources that are, are coming out as well yeah. on grandparenting. So uh, we really think of it as a movement, a grandparenting movement um, to suddenly 
equip the 30 million grandparent Christian grandparents that are out there. And we base that on the idea that, that according to census figures, there's, there's something like 75 or 80 million grandparents out there. Well, we're guessing that 30 million are Christian grandparents who would like to pass their faith on to their grandkids. And we want to be involved in uh, uh, encouraging them and providing them to be more intentional in their in their grandparent role and uh, to see it as a way to pass that baton of faith onto their grandkids. That's good. That's good. And thank you for once again being a pioneer and uh, <laughs> pioneering in this this area. You know, you, you mentioned in your book um, that sometimes distance can become an excuse to do nothing. Um, and many of the listeners into this podcast are are missionaries or people living overseas working like 110 different countries listening. Um, so that resonated when I read that. And um, either their grandparents living on this side and have grandchildren back in the United States or vice versa. Um, could you just share a little bit about that, that this tension of distance becoming an excuse and why that can become common? Well, I think that would be somewhat expected, you know, that, that uh, you hear about grandparents who spend a lot of time with their grandkids and for, for someone to, to just say, well, <laughs> that's nice, but, you know, and, and yeah. so it becomes an, an excuse um, basically for not being connected to the grandkids in any way because of, because of distance. And that, I think that would be uh, normal. And, and the reason I wrote the book is all I have three children, and um, and uh, and the five grandkids, and all three of my kids, after um, getting married, and so moved away, and so I live in San Diego. Two of my kids live up in Seattle. I'm not sure why they decided exactly that they like <laughs> rainy weather rather than the beautiful weather we have in San Diego. But uh, they do, and uh, one of them was uh, went there for a job as a youth pastor at a church up in Seattle, and the other is a uh, our daughter is a uh, MFT, a, a marriage and family therapist, and uh, she was also offered a job up up in uh, the Northwest, and then our other son and his family moved to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So all of our grandkids are far away from us and I suddenly realized um, that this could no longer this couldn't be an excuse for not staying connected with our grandkids so well I had to do but I had to to become more intentional about it and I think one of the points that I make in the book is that long distance can actually be a motivator mm. for for staying connected with your kids when they live close by I, I took them for granted wow I figured I'd just run into them by accident yeah. now and then, you know. But um, but now, because they're all so far away, we have to be much more intentional about putting them on our calendar, putting them on our budget, you know. So that means we're going to have trips. We're going to need to maybe sometimes fly them to us. You know, we're going to have to figure out other ways that, that, that um, what, how are we going to do this? And so we've had to become much more intentional now that they're far away from us than we did when they lived close by. I mean, sometimes, you know, weeks could go by. We didn't see them at all when they lived right here in our own town. Yeah. And so, so, uh, 
because it was just sort of, you know, you just uh, didn't really pay that much attention to it. But I think distance can actually uh, um, be a motivator. And and so the book is, is to kind of help grandparents wrap their brains around that a little bit. For sure. You mentioned in the book also about the idea of you can become – discouraged or maybe yeah anxiety or discouragement about this separation um and sometimes that can because of that discouragement of being separated it can negatively impact the relationship between the grandparent and the grandchildren could you just share a little bit more about that yeah um you know i think uh, uh just as long distance you know distance can become uh something of an excuse it can also be uh kind of a feeling of, of discouragement despair anxiety perhaps um i mean those negative emotions but I, but they don't have to be especially in today's uh, uh world that we're living in there's so many ways now to connect with people um, I mean, I'm having a conversation with you right now. <laughs> Very true. Very and true. I'm not, and I'm not in Nairobi, you know. Very and, true. And, uh, so um, it's it's, uh, and it, it feels like you're right here, you know, in the in the room, and yeah. and 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 I I don't think uh, grandparents need to feel discouraged because their grandkids are far away. In fact, we've, we've found that um, in some ways we can stay closer to our grandkids hmm. uh, now than we, than we could if they were close by um, because we're actually being more intentional about yeah. connecting with them on a regular basis. That's good. And those times become more, more special. But um, discouragement is um, is is definitely uh, something that that can set in. But you know, I got to thinking about this. Um, you know, even you know, none of us are perfect grandparents, and I don't want to put m myself or or my wife on any kind of grandparenting pedestal. It's um, we do the best we can. But what I came to realize, and this is something also I just shared as an anecdote. In, in my book is that I had grandparents. My parents moved to California when I was born. Mm. Uh, they, they were from Tennessee and Missouri and they met, uh, um, uh, back in the early, early forties. My dad was in the service. He was stationed out here on the West coast while he was in the Navy and, uh, fell in love with California. And so when the war was over, this is world war two, uh, and I had just been born, so that's you can do the math and you can figure yes. that that's how old I am, and um, and so they packed up and moved to California. Well, I never saw my grandparents ever, you know, except when we'd take a vacation back to Tennessee or something, you know. But but those grandparents of mine had a powerful influence on me and my brothers, my sister because they were godly mm. grandparents who prayed over us, blessed us. And, um, uh, they didn't make a secret at all when we were with them about, uh, the family heritage that we have in Christ. 
And so that's something that we've always wanted to protect. I didn't see them hardly ever. We didn't have Zoom calls or anything like that <laughs> growing up. Uh, we, you know, we didn't even do long distance calls. They were just too expensive and, and difficult. You know, there was no way really to stay in touch. They, uh, and my grandparents had probably 50 grandkids. You know, I don't remember yeah. the exact number, but they had 10 children. So you, can, oh, wow. you know, and, and, uh, so lots of big families and lots of grandkids. But when we were together for family reunions, that sort of thing. So it just, I, I thought about that and I realized, in fact, my brothers and I wrote a song about, about the influence of, of our, of our grandparents and, um, that, that it doesn't take a lot, you know, but, mm. but it has to be, uh, it has to be something that we, that we that we actually do you know that we pour into the lives of our grandkids the best we can that's good that's good and you talked about that um that family heritage of faith and um you, you talk sharing the book about the prayer connection and um i just thought it was very interesting that you highlighted prayer and um, you also share that it's one of the most important and reliable connections between a long distance grandparent and the grand grandchildren. Um, can you share about this and and this kind of how you've you've arrived at that conclusion? I thought it was a very powerful part of the book. Oh yeah, well of course you know I, I mean I think prayer is at the top of the list you know when it comes to um, so how do you stay connected with your grandkids when they live far away? Well, you pray for them. you pray for them every day. You pray for them. Uh, whenever you possibly can, um, because uh, God is—he's he, the connection. You know, God is when we when we're praying, we immediately close that distance gap because um, God is present with us. He's present with our grandkids at the same time, and we can talk to Him. And um, and certainly uh, after our grandkids moved away. Um, then it became even more of something that we relied upon. Um, my wife and I pray for our grandkids together every day, and I also pray for them uh, individually, myself, um, every every day as well during my morning prayer time. And um, and since I have five uh, grandkids, I just you know, Monday is, is uh, Nick Day, and Tuesday is Maddie Day, and Wednesday is Jack Day, and so on. And, and so those are days when I specifically pray for I pray for them all every day, but I pray for each one a little bit more um, uh, specifically um, on their day of the week. I have a cousin who uh, <clears throat> lives in Tennessee who uh, asked his grandkids, uh, to send him a uh, for Christmas one year a coffee mug with their picture on it, <clears throat> and and uh, and so he got these from all of his grandkids. Um, he's a he, he loves coffee, and so he received coffee mugs. I, I think he probably sent to them a, like a link on Amazon yeah. or some somewhere else sure. where where this was a real easy thing to do where you could yeah. order a coffee mug that has your picture on it. And so all the grandkids gave him for Christmas one year, uh, their, their coffee mug with their picture. And so 
as it turns out, he's got seven grandkids. So each day of the week, he does the same thing. He he drinks from their coffee cup on their day of the week. And uh, he'll often then send a text message to them, just letting them know that, uh, um, you know, he's praying for them on on this day. And I just think those kind of things can be wonderfully uh, uh, connecting. And I, you know, there's, there's hardly any kid, no matter what their spiritual condition is, whether they're um, um, following Jesus or not, there's hardly any child that doesn't appreciate um, the prayers of of a grandparent and and just, Say thank you for that, and it's it's uh, it's a very simple and powerful thing to do. I mean, I could go into all the theology of prayer, but um, uh, but we all know that the prayer of a to pra- paraphrase a little of a righteous grandparent availeth yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's it's a powerful powerful tool. It's good. It's good. You share the other thing is you gave a lot of practical advice in the book, and that's one of the things I really appreciated. And you talked about visits, you know, about visiting when the grandchildren come to visit you, um, and then maybe when the grandparent goes to visit them. Can you just maybe unpack or some of the the tips you you share in the book about visiting and things that you've learned? Yeah, well, certainly that has to be part of it. You know, we can use technology. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. And uh, we can use technology, uh, and we should, telephones, texting, uh, video conferencing, and all of that. But there's nothing quite like a personal visit. And so um, when we go to visit them, um, and and my wife and I have done that uh, several times. We're unable to do that as much these days because my wife has has a disability, which really limits our ability to to travel long distances, <clears throat> but, but, um, uh, but I've just found that, that when you go to visit your grandkids, that, um, you, you take time to prepare for it, to make sure that the, uh, and, and, and make a, a real special event out of it. Um, uh, you know, prepare ahead of time some of the things that you want to do when you when you arrive, and just make it a really a special occasion, so that the grandkids are really looking forward to your coming to visit. And um, uh, we've you know located all the fun things to do around Seattle, so that when we would go up there, we take <laughs> them, you know, take them away from their parents, give the parents a day off, yeah. and we take the grandkids out and go to the water park or to the beach or whatever it is that we're doing or go on a hike or, or spend time together. And, um, and, and so, cause I think what happens often is you go to visit your kids and your grandkids and you're spent, it's the adults spending most of the time together and, and you don't really spend that much time with the grandkids. But I think you have to be intentional about those grandkids knowing that you're coming to see them, yeah. not just mom and dad. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing. And then the other, you know, is 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 bringing them to you, and we've done that as well. Um, like I say, we don't get to travel as much as we used to, um, my wife and I, and so so we have um, put in our budget the, the, the funding so that we can we can fly. And and sometimes I, 
you know, I've accumulated enough frequent flyer miles over the years that I could use those or whatever it takes to, to bring the kids down to us. Yeah. And when they're younger, you know, you want to have a, a, a place in your home that, uh, where they really feel comfortable. You know, we, we, uh, um, I know some, some grandparents that have completely decorated, uh, a room with, with table games and, and other kinds of uh, toys and, and uh, just because, you know, you want your grandkids to, to know that when they come to visit, they're going to have a place of their own where they can really have a, have a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's when we were in youth work, I remember there was an old, uh, an old saying, um, a rabbinic uh, saying that, that, that uh, comes from the old rabbis that, that, uh, uh, you put honey on the Torah. And it was a phrase that I, I picked up years ago that, that, uh, helped me realize that's a lot of what we do in youth ministry, uh, is that what they were saying was that they would put honey on the, on the Torah, God's word, and then let the grand, let the children lick it off. And mm. they wanted to associate, they wanted to associate sweetness yeah. with the word of God. Well, that's, that's kind of what we do. And so, you know, you fix up your house, have a play area, have a, you know, uh, that's, that's for the grandkids so that when they come to visit, it becomes a really fun time. You're, you're putting honey on the Torah and then you can spend time with them in uh, talking to them about, about your faith, talking to them about, about Jesus, sharing Bible stories, um, and, and so on. But, but I think with some planning, those can, those visits can be really intense and wonderful times to uh, to share your faith, to pass on that baton of faith to your grandkids. That's good. Good. I just want to pause for 30 seconds in the middle of this episode to share some exciting news about the book I published, A Caring Life, How Each of Us Can Change the Trajectory of an Uncaring World. It's available now on Amazon and audiobook, Kindle, and print form. And the book helps us recognize that our world is moving in a direction of an uncaring life and helps us reorient towards a caring life where those that are in our life feel valued, they feel known, they know that they belong, and they matter. The book, as I said, is, is a valuable resource and I believe will help change the trajectory of an uncaring world. It's available now on Amazon. And, you know, everything you share is about the intentionality of it. And I think that's the uh, the, the the key point I took him took away from the book was just the intentionality of being a grandparent and not just drifting into, uh, yeah, uh, just to, not to do that. So you also share about the importance of when the grandkids, you know, a lot of times we think grandkids, we think five, 10, you know, 12 years old, but you also talk about as you get older, your grandkids become adults and staying connected with them as they, uh, they begin to be adulting, maybe in college, university, and then, and then in careers, any advice you have for for grandparents listening in once their grandchildren get to that age? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important for grandparents to help help those uh, grandkids grow up and um, and begin the process, and they will of separating from their parents in order to uh, realize their their own individual selves their identities i mean it's a primary task of adolescence is for uh children to 
pull away from mom and dad and uh, where they got all of their identity um, to establish an identity of their own. I mean, that's just basic adolescent psychology 101, right? Sure. But, uh, but, uh, and I think grandparents can, can be um, helpful in that regard um, by affirming their emerging adulthood. And, and it's time to stop, you know, giving your grandkids, uh, you know, toy, <laughs> you know, um, pajamas with, with right. uh, bunny, bunny feet, <laughs> bunny ears on <laughs> them, you know, and, and start uh, giving them those, those gift cards that they would much rather have, you know, at Christmas time. <laughs> um, those kinds of things are just subtle ways of saying, uh, you know, we know that you're growing up and uh, you're not a child anymore. They don't want to be children anymore. And the way we talk to them by listening to them, taking them seriously um, is, is a real important thing. And uh, just treating them more like the young men and women that they're becoming. I, you know, I feel like, and I've, from your youth ministry, I know this is true, that when you treat an adolescent like a child, what you're going to get is childish behavior. But mm-hmm. if you treat a, an adolescent more like what they're going to be, what they're becoming, a young man, a young woman, um, they'll live up or down to whatever expectations that we have of them. And I think grandparents need to understand these are not little kids anymore. These are young emerging adults and when you begin to relate to them that way you know my wife has a weekly phone call with our granddaughter maddie and uh, who's in college now she's been doing this for quite a few years since she went into high school and our son and they're they're long phone calls you know where where they just talk about stuff you know yeah life and and, uh, my wife does a lot of the listening and maddie just talks and and our son, Nate, <clears throat> said, you know, Mom, Mom and Dad, keep this up. Maddie will tell you stuff she would never tell us. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, and that is so healthy and that is so good. And, he, and he's an MFT as well, so, I mean, he understands the importance <laughs> of these things. And, um, but but, um, but as, as they get older, you just take more of an interest in what, what they're doing what um, they're thinking and we do a lot more listening a lot more uh, uh, a, a lot less uh, talking yeah the uh, it, it's it's uh, it's really more modeling you know I've always <clears throat> told youth workers and children's workers that I mean little children learn best by listening you know middle schoolers learn best by watching um, and then the older teens learn best by doing, you know. Yeah. And so when we take an interest in what they're doing, when we can do things with them, um, we've taken our our our, our uh, uh, grandkids as teenagers on mission trips, that, that kind of thing with us. Uh, we build houses in Mexico uh, with our church, and um, and it's uh, those kinds of things can be really. Uh, wonderful times to connect with your with your kids while you're while you're doing something together and uh spending time together as uh i know many grandparents we've not done this but um but i know many grandparents who make as a regular 
practices when their grandkids reach a certain age, like 13, the, then the, there's kind of a rite of passage that takes place yeah. where uh, they tell the grandkids, you choose anywhere in the, in the USA that you'd like to go and we'll, we'll take you there. And so it becomes like a weekend trip or, yeah. or, or something even longer. But, um, but it becomes like a, where they can travel without their parents, but just go on a trip with grandma and grandpa to any, any city in the country. If they want to go to New York, if they want to go to Washington, DC, if they want to go to Orlando and go to Disney world or whatever right. it is, you know, yeah. um, that, that it could be done. And yeah. uh, it's, it's a way of treating them respectfully. And I think uh, with our older grandkids, it's really a matter of understanding that they're changing and that we need to change them in our, our approach yeah. on how we, how we relate to them. Wayne, uh, maybe there's a grandparent listening in and uh, from your years of youth ministry and now in this area of grandparenting and maybe their their grandchild is maybe taking a path different. They're not going down uh, or maybe, as you said, they're they're working out their faith and maybe they're making decisions that the grandparents are just. What advice do you have for a grandparent in that type of situation um, to keep a relationship and not into relation. Uh, yeah. Just any advice for a grandparent, maybe seeing their grandchildren making decisions and it's not exactly how they want, you know, would want them to see them grow up. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, this is a really a common issue, you know, that we're facing with in working with grandparents is, is just the uh, disappointment that many of us as grandparents have that are, that our our children are not following um, the path that we would like for them to follow. In fact, um, uh, a good friend of mine who works with us at the Legacy Coalition, um, their uh, son and daughter-in-law will not allow them to talk with their grandchild about Christianity, you know, about mm. their faith. You mm. know, they can they can be around them and they allow them access and and sadly there's a lot of grandparents who who've told us that their their children don't even allow access to their wow. grandchildren because of uh, there's such a gap between the, the the lifestyle choices that the, that the children have made and the, the path that they're on versus um, the path that they grew up on. And so they want to separate completely, and they often do, and deprive the grandparents of, of access to their grandkids. And it can be a very discouraging thing. And that's where, you know, we have to just continue to pray and realize that, you know, God's not finished with this story yet. And uh, there's still um, hope in the midst of, of, uh, of all of that discouragement. And what is an obstruction now can, can be dealt with. But you know, our, I think our main message to grandparents who are who are struggling with this is that we is that we um, respond with, with grace uh, rather than you know. There's a balance. Larry Fowler has written a, a book on this, just overcoming obstacles in uh, in grandparenting, and he he uh, talks quite a bit about the the balance that we have to uh, achieve between the idea of of are we truth tellers or are we grace 
givers, and that there's a balance. And Jesus sometimes led with truth where he needed to confront somebody with truth. But most of the time, especially with sinners, he always led with grace. And and that we as grandparents uh, have to learn how to do that, that no matter what, we respond in a gracious, kind, loving um, manner, no matter what, even when our grandkids are are doing, or our our, our kids or our grandkids are um, not living the kind of life that we would uh, prefer yeah. that they live, and so we have to treat them still respectfully and uh, with God's grace, and continue to love them no matter what. And uh, it's not always has to be unconditional in the sense that we condone or approve. Um, but in spite of, we still love them and we still uh, uh, pray for them and care about them. And uh, we don't cut them off. Yeah. We, that, that's, that's, that is, uh, I think, the danger is when we get cut off and then we cut them off is our response. No. Yeah. Um, on the contrary, um, this story's not over yet, and we can continue to love them. And uh, and we have a lot more influence than we realize, even when we're not allowed to talk with our grandkids about about faith stuff. Just the way that we live, the way we model the faith, our faith, in front of them. And as you have conversations, uh, some of that can come out in very subtle ways, but but we don't have to preach. And um, uh, and I I think this is something that most grandparents these days are probably going to experience. Yeah. And so uh, we have to just learn how to how to uh, in spite of all that continue to to lift our grandkids up to the Lord and take any opportunity that we have to just demonstrate. Uh, to them, the love of Christ. It's a good word. Wayne, it's been phenomenal to spend some time with you um, this 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 evening. My time, your morning, your time. Uh, would, you, would you would you pray for the grandparents that are listening in, and then also pray for the grandkids? Uh, probably the grandkids are probably not listening in, but the grandparents are. But pray a prayer of blessing um, or whatever direction you would like to pray for grandparents and for grandkids. Yeah. Sure. Heavenly Father. We thank you that uh, across the miles, you connect us and you connect all of us who are listening right now uh, because you love us and you care about us and you've given us a role to play in the lives of our families. That 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 uh, and you are our greatest resource, not not books or or uh, lists of ideas, but Father, that you help us to discern exactly what we need to do in, in these situations to be able to. Uh, pass on from generation to generation uh, the, the wonderful truth that you love us, that you have provided our salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we want our grandkids to be in heaven with us. And so, Father, we do pray for our grandkids right now. We just pray that uh, 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 you would bless them, that you would wrap your arms around them and hold them tight. And even if they are are straying uh, far away from you, Father, we just pray that you would never let them go and uh, that you would call them to yourself 
and that you would uh, help them to come to know you as Savior and Lord. Father, we want them to follow you and to follow your son, Jesus Christ. We just pray for all of these uh, grandparents who are uh, listening and interested in all of this. Um, We can give them uh, lots of ideas, but Father, we just pray your blessing upon them. We pray that uh, you would bless them, that your face would shine upon them, that you'd be gracious to them, um, that you would uh, turn your face towards them and give them peace. And God, we need your peace. In the troubled world that we live in today, there's so many things that does distract us and pull us away and um, and keep us uh, anxious and on our heels. But Lord, we just pray for your peace and your assurance that everything that we do, um, that uh, little becomes much when you're you're in it. There's something is always better than nothing. And even though none of us are perfect grandparents, none of us ever will be. We pray, Father, Father, that you would take whatever we do, our our efforts to um, uh, pass on our faith to our grandkids. That you take those uh, small things, the the fish fishes and loaves, and multiply them and use them in our grandkids' lives. Thank you for Aaron, for his uh, good work that he's doing. Um, and uh, we just pray for all of those who are who are listening to this podcast today um, or whatever it happens to be. We know that prayer doesn't have an expiration date. So, Father, we just uh, uh, pray this prayer uh, and pray that you bless, uh, bless each one of us as we as we do our utmost to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 